Masada's throw, Roberts, safe. Ortiz in the deep right field. Back is Sheffield. We'll see you later tonight. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Welcome back to episode 7 of the Small State Big Takes. And boy, do we have an episode for you all today. Yep. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> it's going to be really fun to listen to. We had, a, uh, we had a very interesting combative in, uh, interview with a, a Red Sox Twitter legend, I guess you could say. Uh, God. You'll hear that. You'll hear that <laughs> in a little bit. Sox. Yeah, our, we had a good Red Sox uh, playoff preview with them. We, you know, we went back and forth with David about David Price and Dustin Pedroia and all that stuff. Very good conversation. I really encourage that you listen to it all the way through. There's a lot of back and forth, and he knows his shit. You know, we, I guess we all kind of speculated: does this guy know what he's talking about or not? And he definitely proved us that he knows what the fuck he's talking about when it comes to the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. He's sure. a big time shit talker on Twitter, but he he's got the uh, encyclopedic encyclopedia ish uh, knowledge in his brain to back his stuff up. Absolutely. Really Shout out Terry Cushman. He was not intimidated by my David Price jersey in the background. <laughs> I'm just saying. For all of you that can't see the video, I got this David Price jersey hanging up in the background, and he took it. So I appreciate it. Took it. <laughs> he looked right at it. So. Um... Before we get to the interview, the Red Sox interview, we're going to just do a little week four NFL uh, NFL recap. Uh, as you guys may remember, one of my big takes last week was the Patriots win by, what did I say, 25 plus? They won by 31? 
So I think, I think, I think that works. Like I was right, huh? How about that? Yeah. Oh my God. Finally. Oliver tooting his own horn. That's off brand. Yeah, That's that weird. never happens. Weird. <laughs> as far as uh, our picks go, Steve actually had the best week when he actually picks. He's been pretty good. We all have the we all have the Chiefs. <laughs> we all have the Chiefs tonight. Uh, Steve had ten points this week. Gilly nine. Me eight. Josh seven. To round out the total points, Gilly and I will be tied after tonight, either 32 or 33. Uh, Josh is two back at 30, and Steve is at 17, so he's still got some nice. making up to do. I just want to say three of my picks were separated by a combined eight points, kind of like my pick em if you saw that on Twitter uh, for the college games. I'm, I'm real close, guys. I'm real close to being top-notch. Yeah, no big deal. I just got both of my college football picks right last weekend. Not really a big deal. Yeah. I think my games were bigger. I had a rough weekend of college football. So. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed the Ohio State for, for winning by one point instead of the uh, the four points that they were favored by. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Thank you, Dwayne um, Haskin. They heard the hatred and they responded the way they should. No, I bet on that. I mean, hey, I had faith. I shouldn't have had that much faith, that's for sure. I thought you said you were taking the Penn State win or something. No, no, I didn't. So, nope, that was um, me. I was all Ohio State. Are you guys feeling better about the Patriots now? I assume you are than last week. I know Gilly, you and me were kind of on the same page. We weren't really worried. Like, yeah. Steve, you were kind of up there though. You said like six or seven on the scale. How are you now? Uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good now. You know, I'm chilling. I'm like, I'm like a four. Okay. See, all right, that's fine. I guess Edelman's coming back this week. Josh Gordon got some plays in last week, couple catches, made me drool a little bit. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That one, his first catch there when he got the ovation, and he was like, yeah, kinda like ducking a couple guys. That was pretty oh, cool. Dude, Edelman, the first Edelman catch on Thursday is going to be nuts. Oh my god! Oh, even just his reaction is going to feed into. Oh it so yeah, much. dude. You know he brings that energy that they've been missing too. But um, Josh, I hate to bring it up, but man, the Falcons keep breaking your dogged goddamn heart, don't they? Has anything changed since like 2016? <laughs> I mean, I don't think so. I, I mean, I spent like every Sunday at your house, and I said, "Wow, the Falcons are going to win." I mean, lose this game, and uh, you were like, "No, they, they're winning right now. It's a good chance." I mean, it goes all the way back to like what? What is that? Like 2012 NFC Championship against the 49ers? I want to say. I think so. Yeah. You're up by like 30 points, and Colin Kaepernick just decided to shit all over the bed. Oh, there, there it is. I swore. Oh, damn. The thing is, they're right, one but... and three now, but they could, they should, I don't know if they should be 4 0, but they could very easily be 4 0. It's just the Falcons in the fourth quarter. They just can't pull it together. And their red zone. Uh, I take it back. They're red zone with Calvin Ridley now that they utilize him. The way he they've been nasty been since using him since week one. Yeah, they've been nasty. I mean, he's fantastic. Yeah. But, you know, I think you if you look at the shots of, of Julio Jones on the sideline, there something else is going on in the locker room. He doesn't room. look happy. I think that's, oh, not at all. And I think he's not having fun playing football. And I hope this doesn't turn into like a Le'Veon Bell's type situation because that would be awful. And I think it's kind of what's bringing this team down. I really do. Well, if it does, I mean, it probably injuries. wouldn't happen until next year. Yeah, the injuries on defense are what's injuries hurring are because the offense. Wretched. I mean, Deion O'Neal, Deion, Deion Lewis, the two basically, basically defensive captains. I mean, yeah, whatever. 
I hear you though. Which Julio was contract? I, I thought he just got paid, or am I just mixing him up with somebody? I feel else? like they restructure his deal every year, they just to give him more guaranteed every year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but he didn't get like that that big contract that he wanted. Right. He did not. Do you remember that uh that little kid somewhere that uh, changed his did the background on his computer because of Julio? No. Do you guys hear about that? Oh, no. I did not see that. Yeah, <laughs> some some like some older dude like tweeted at the Falcons and Julio Jones like, "Wow, you're the example you're setting. My son just changed his background on his computer. It's no longer a view. Oh we lost respect God. for you." <laughs> I wow. swear to God, that's wow. crazy. It's like a national story. So, <laughs> it's like ridiculous. so like speaking of this, I think earlier in the year, I obliviously tweeted out like, "I don't understand why people like hold out," and um. One of the guys that, ironically, I met through Madden and was in the NFL a little bit and is in the CFL now. He's like, it's their, it's their job, you know. If, like, just look at what happened to Earl Thomas yesterday. Like, right there, it's so eye-opening why these guys do it. It's because they can get you hurt. Never know. Yeah, you never know what could happen. You see, no matter who you are, it could happen to any any of them out there. And they're just trying to get theirs while they can. They, you know, they're only working for ten, you know, ten to fifteen years if they're lucky. Most of these guys in the NFL, especially running backs now, only get one shot to get paid. That's why I'm hundred percent on board. I don't mind. Like I support these players that hold out now. Now that I actually, you know, see it through, and I'm not an idiot and so oblivious anymore. Completely understand why Aaron Donald holds out, why Le'Veon Bell holds out, why Earl Thomas holding out. They got to get their money. I don't blame them I mean, one bit. I, I went to Rhodey to play four years of college football. That's that's why I went there. I mean, my college career ended on one play. I decided to go to a workout workout room, and then it ended it all. Like, I, you know, I, I got put on kickoff, and I was like, whoa, like I'm a freshman, like I'm getting I'm getting time on kickoff. And I go down the field and get blown up by two seniors. And my shoulder was hurting really bad. And we went into the weight room later that night. And bam, my shoulder goes numb. My arm goes numb. And I have a torn labrum. And I can't play football anymore. It ends that quickly. Like, so I, I'm the same way. Because I've been there. I've been there, done that. Like, it's not for money, but it's for, like, what you wanted to do in the, you know, for the rest of your life. So I, I totally get that. Yeah, I hear you. Well, uh, with that, I guess we will transition into our interview with Terry Cushman. So, here you go. Buckle up! Okay, now we're going to start the the second part. Okay. All right. Uh, So, I'm going to start right now. Actually, I'm going to We are accompanied today by... I want to say Twitter infamous Terry Cushman. Uh, if, you, if you're on Twitter and you're a Red Sox fan, there's no doubt you've seen this name flying around there. Terry, how are you doing tonight? Couldn't be better. <laughs> he sounds thrilled to be here. Uh, I got my boxing gloves on. You, can't, you just can't see it because I'm holding my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Terry, I have a question for you. Where are you from? I'm from uh, Central Maine. Okay. We're all from yes. Rhode Island. We're all from, like, lower Rhode Island, like, by the beaches. We're all that's that's southern, by the way, Steve. Get some uh, <laughs> oh, <excuse laughs> lower. <laughs> lower. 
Sounds Sorry, like I, we're from Lower Providence area. We have a famous know? guy in the Google Hangout here. I'm a little bit nervous. That's <laughs> uh, so you guys are from down south is what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> yes in okay. the New England perspective, we're those southerners. Okay. All right. <laughs> the deep south of New England. <laughs> okay. So we're here today, Monday, after the, the uh, last game of the season ended. Playoffs are coming up on Friday. We got the play-in games between the Yankees and A's on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So I guess the first question would be, who would you rather face between the Yankees or the A's? All right, Kerry, start it up. Let's go. <laughs> I have a feeling I'm going to be in the minority here, but I would much rather face the New York Yankees versus the Oakland A's. Really? Is that, is that from an entertainment standpoint, or you think you can beat them standpoint? The thing for me is we know who the Yankees are. We've faced them 18 to 20 times a year, how many, however many it is. We've gotten to Chapman before. We've gotten to Robertson, Matanzas um, as well. None of their rotation really scares me, and there's really no mystery to them. You want to talk about Oakland? That's a team that feels like it's got nothing to lose. They have a really good bullpen. And they beat us four games out of six before they even had a chance to make any upgrades. And, yeah, they don't have Sean Manaya, but if you remember, we beat Manaya in the rematch and got one of our two wins against him. And I'm not thrilled about going out west. That never works out well for us. So I'll, I'll, I'll take the team that we're familiar with. And, um, you know, even our three, four guys, Evaldi, I'm assuming, and um, – well, he's the number four, and then Porcello pitched fairly well against them. So, o- Oakland, they're they're they can mash. They got a good bullpen, and I think their rotation is serviceable enough to get to the bullpen with two or three run ball. And it just has Cleveland twenty sixteen written all over it. And mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't want any part of them. All right. Uh- I'm going to just quickly shout out your podcast, Terry, uh, Benny and the Bets podcast, and I completely agreed with you guys with that that um, Oakland theory. I don't want to go out to Oakland. It's a long haul. The time change always screws with them, and I think the benefit of just going down to New York is huge, huge. I mean, you don't have to deal with that, that jet lag. You don't have to deal with even just you know those exterior things of – being out west, um, it's a completely different ball game. You get a true October on the East Coast in the Northeast, whether you, you kind of tuck New York in that or not. Um, so I think it, it's all for Red Sox and Yankees. Like, there's everything going for it. You know, personally, I want to play the A's. You know why? Because I can't even stand the idea of losing to the Yankees. And I know it's not likely if we do play them, but even in that in that you know, small chance that we do play the Yankees and lose to them, I would have a nervous breakdown, I think. I think that would be what it would take, and you'd have to put me in the loony bin because I, I, I don't know what I'd do if we lost the Yankees this year. That would be terrible with Aaron Boone. And especially so, because no, Yan- Yankees Twitter is on a whole new level this year. They are psychos, and they'll, <laughs> they will never let you hear the end of it if they, if, they, uh, they are. if they win and then beat the Red Sox too. But I think the thing, Terry, that you made a good point about 
is the Yankees right now, their strongest part about them is the bullpen, and the Red Sox own the Yankees' bullpen. We don't know if they can own the Yankee, if the they can own the Athletics' bullpen. So based off that alone, I like the Red Sox-Yankees matchup more. The A's, like you said, they have nothing to lose. They have no expectations coming into the year. They have no expectations even coming into the playoffs. Everybody's kind of writing them off already. They're a scary team because they are hungry, and they got a bunch of guys, like you said, they can mash. They can run, unlike the Yankees. They can run more than the Yankees anyway. And like you said, they got a starter that can give them four or five innings of two-run ball and let the bullpen take it from there. So I like the Yankees matchup more as well. That's fair. Another I mean, thing. Lineup, though. Come on. You're not at least intimidated by that. The way Luke Voigt's hitting the ball, he's looking like a, a vintage Jason Giambi. Off a Drew it's Bum dangerous. <laughs> Luke Voigt's the best first baseman they've had in years. He's filthy. And it's just, I don't know. I, I am not excited about the idea of facing the Yankees. Regardless, you're right in terms of Severino, Tanaka, Hop, Jay Hap. Those don't really intimidate me. But at the same time, I mean, what? Fears? Is Fears going to be the, the number one? Although he'd probably be Cahill. Cahill's their, their top guy. Probably. I think so. Who's going against the Yankees? I, I know. I think it's Fires is the number one guy. And one other point I didn't bring up Luis Severino is going to pitch one of the first two games, which is going to be at Fenway Park, and he can't pitch at Fenway. True. No, that's a, that's a great point. But at the same time, I don't think I'm afraid of Brett Anderson from. Uh, of dealing against us in a playoff situation. He played us one, or had one good game against us this year, so I'll give him that. But for the most part, I don't know. Between their rotation and that lineup, it doesn't terrify me. I, I'm a big Matt Olson, Matt Chapman guy, and Chris Davis obviously, balling out this year, but I don't know. I, I think I'm a little more intimidated by the Yankees overall. Yeah, that lineup is intense. Gene Carl, you got Gene Carl's heating up right now, you got McCutcheon leading off. That lineup is badass, and they're all healthy right now for the Yankees. I'm I'm scared of them, and I don't want to even try. I don't even want to mess around with the Yankees. Well, yeah. all right. Well, with all that being said, um, how far do you think the Red Sox go this year? The AL is stacked. The Yankees won 100 games. The Astros, defending World Series champions. The Indians are right there yet again. So no matter who you draw in the ALDS, it's going to be tough. No matter who you draw, if you get there in the ALCS, it's going to be even tougher. What do you got, Terry? If we're playing the Yankees, I'll I'll give the Sox a, a 51% edge. <laughs> if, if we're playing Oakland, I'm honestly going to pick the Oakland A's to beat us. Whoa! <laughs> I'm right there too. Oh, Jesus. Yep, it is way too good, way too good, and they have just enough hitting. I mean, I know the Yankees mash the sh- sugar out of the ball. Just say it. Yeah, I'm trying not to swear this episode. Come on, the shucks, bro. The shucks. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Yankees are scary, but we have played them as many times as we possibly could to get to know them. So. Um, I like that. I do like that matchup a lot more. Damn. David Price needs to pitch at Fenway, though, not Yankee Stadium. Just yeah, he's your game, he's your game oh, two guy. We can all it's agree on that. probably an automatic loss either way, but... Whoa. <laughs> oh, but, come on. Dude, it's, it's, it's automatic. 
It's uh, less automatic at Fenway. Can can yes. we rewind to 2017 Game Three? Who won that game for the Red Sox? <laughs> David Price. Next question. That was against an Astros lineup that couldn't hit lefties. Rich Hill owned them both times. CC Sabathia did. David Price did. That was a lefty thing. It wasn't a David Price thing. Oh, it was a David Price thing. He got it all started. <laughs> I disagree, but that's fine. Agree to disagree. Yeah. Oh, Price, Price's ear does nothing for you, Terry? Not really. I mean, the Yankees crushed him three times, and you can go back to the recent one and say, oh, the, those weren't home runs in Fenway Park, but Joe Kelly was pitching in the sixth inning, and this bullpen can't pitch for four innings, especially against a lineup like that. So I I just I don't like him. He's got the... He's got the jitters. He's got the October jitters already. We've seen it in those last two starts. I, I And then go back to the one win he did have. They didn't have Judge. I don't think they had Glaber Torres, and they still didn't have uh, Sanchez, who is – I know he's had a bad year, but he's owned David Price, you know, over the last couple of years. So I just – I don't like David Price in the playoffs. What's your ideal starting rotation, like – your, your uh, like, who would you have like lined up out there for your top like three guys? Are you confident with any of the starters right now? I want to be confident in Chris Sale, but it's just hard. I mean, they're talking about him getting treatment today. I don't know what that means, but that was the word that they used, and he was throwing on flat ground. So, not a hundred percent confident. He's healthy. Velocity was the lowest in his career in his last start. I'd almost pitch Price game one, to be honest with you, because if Sale loses game one and then you have Price game two, that that has that has 0 for 2 written all over it. And I know it's a five-game series, so I can't compare it exactly to the 2004 ALCS where we went four in a row, but this isn't a team that's going to go on a run like that, even if it's three games in a row. They haven't demonstrated that. And... I just think we've got so many holes. And every the, the thing that drives me so crazy on Twitter is everybody's like, oh, 108 wins, 108 wins. Yeah, well, we have a losing record against every team that's going to be in the playoffs except the Yankees, and we only beat them by one, you know, thanks to game 162. So we beat the shit out of a lot of bad teams and and we did we did our jobs in those games but we're not doing our jobs against these really good teams so and i mean it feels exactly like it did last season it, it doesn't feel any different cuz it's impossible to be confident in chris sale it's impossible until price does otherwise for me to be confident in him and I mean, the one game we won last postseason was a Doug Fister start with David Price coming <laughs> into the game from the – I just – I can't I, – I, just to be clear, nobody wants me to be wrong more than me. <laughs> like, I want this team to win, no matter how pessimistic I seem. But I don't know. And then if it's Oakland, forget it. I'm just – I can't. I can't. So – that was a lot to digest. I, so, so yes. you want to start with price, and then you want sale number two. I kind of—that's what I would do, to be honest with you. Okay. And then, what's your faith in Priscilla look like, though? 
overall? More more optimistic with the Yankees versus uh, Oakland. I don't know what his numbers are against Oakland, but we have seen him pitch fairly well against the Yankees. He looked really good in two innings yesterday. Um, you know, if Erod's had success against the Yankees, and I don't know if he he pitched at least an inning yesterday, so maybe he looks better yesterday than he did on Saturday. He did. So, I mean, if Porcello goes at least five, doesn't get shelled, maybe maybe Erod can give you a couple innings. Maybe Wright comes in after that, but I just now, don't like your, the way this team is sitting. Are you a Porcello guy? Are you, like, overall? I, I mean, he is who he is. He's a career 420 guy. He can look amazing in three or four starts in a row, and then, then he gets shelled. We we need him to be like Derek Lowe. We need him to turn into Derek Lowe for the next few weeks. And if he can do that, and then maybe price or sale surprises us and we hit, then that that's another thing. Benintendi has two home runs since the All-Star break, none in September. Mookie Betts doesn't have a single RBI in the month of October ever. So, so that's what's going to up. Well, so what's your thought on Mookie going into this this uh, October here? Uh, do you think he'll step out of this? Like I know that uh, I've seen your stats, that, that, like uh, your tweets about the stats of Mookie in the postseason, and then I looked into it on Baseball Reference, and you were right, and I was like, oh damn, he does his average is kind of low. He has no RBIs, but do you think that's forever, or like like do you have like zero faith in him, or what's what's like the I don't know like, how do you how do you feel like going into the into it now? Well. I don't feel good about the six, seven, eight, nine guys getting on base in front of him. So I just I've I've hated him all along in the in the leadoff spot. And all the stat geeks will say, well, you know, he he's up there and runs scored. And I just I'd rather have him at least second or third with someone in front of him. You know, that'd be ideal. But when they tried that, he he hit worse, remember? Like, he was, like, they had him batting third and fourth with Poppy and all that. And it was last like, year, too. Yeah. He hit like, but what, what does that tell you, then? If he's not tough enough to hit in the three-hole, is he tough enough to be a hero in October? See, I think this team... Ooh, big take. This team just <laughs> feels... It just, it's just got that feeling to me. I think we're overlooking the clutch factor that JD has brought to the team this year. I feel like... Almost every time he stepped up to the plate in a clutch situation, he delivered. He was yeah. We got JD. He, like we're we're good. Like with three four. I, th- I think we got- we're focusing too much on other team strengths and not focusing enough on our own strengths. Arguably the best lineup in baseball. Um, a solid. I personally feel confident in Sale, Price, Porcello. I know I'm in the minority there, but I'm feeling good about all three of them going into the playoffs. Now, the bullpen, which has been questionable all year, is still questionable. But I feel <laughs> confident with Brazier. And all I need to see is one dominant inning from Kimberl to get my confidence back up with him. So, overall, I think we're looking at 2018 World Series champions, baby. <laughs> one quick thing to note, though. I mean, with uh, the Mookie talk of him not really having a, a good history in the postseason so far, hey, that's a pretty small sample size to base off of. And our... Uh, Future uh, legend in the postseason, Manny Ramirez, had a similarly slow start to his uh, his postseason success that eventually came, um, almost to a uh, 
uh, a larger degree, to be honest, than what Mookie has, quote-unquote, struggled. You know what I mean? I mean, you, you, we're looking at what? I think it's a seven-game sample so far for Mookie. Like, that's that's just tiny. Come on. You can't really base much off of that at all. It's It would help if he had some, some ribbies in there to, to extend those into a uh, five-game series, the couple he's been in. But for the most part, I don't know. I take that with a grain of salt. I think he'll be fine. The rest of the team needs to be fine around him, though. I mean, even if he does go crazy, I mean, his home runs are probably going to be solos. I mean, is Sandy Leone going to get on base in front of him? <laughs> no. Is Jackie Bradley going to hit? Hey, hot take. Like he has. Jackie. Big take. He's been good lately. I'm a big JBJ guy. He's been amazing in the second half. Not amazing, but he's been more than serviceable in the second half. He's he got his OPS like 200 points. For- he, he can be amazing against the Yankees. He's not going to be amazing against Verlander, Cole, Morton, or, or even or even Kluber, Bauer, Clevenger, Carrasco. Well, I, who knows? I mean, Carrasco's the one guy we seem to seem to crush every time. So I don't know. And you mentioned Brazier, not to get too far off topic again, but. His ERA is ridiculously low, and if he's given a clean inning, I'm I'm an optimist. But I don't know that Alex Cora knows that. He keeps bringing him in with inherited runners, and then the bases get cleared. So hopefully the manager knows what he's doing with Brazier. It's mm, a good point. Yeah, the, another thing that worries me about the bullpen is just lack of experience. You look at the people that have pitched – in the playoffs out of that bullpen of that are going to make the roster, it's not many. Not many of them have postseason experience, if any at all. Po- and exp- yeah, but is, is Kelly on the roster? I don't think he is. Yes. yes. And that's another reason he's got World Series experience. I mean, you can't say that about a lot of these guys on this team in general. You yeah, but it's to- a series-by-series series thing, though. I mean, eh, I don't know. I, he has not looked good, so I, that's where I'd be cautious as well. I don't know. I really wonder if they're going to put him on the team, too, to be honest. I, hang on. I got, I got my numbers from last night right in front of me. Uh, here's here's the ERAs for, for them in the month of uh, September. Kimbrell's a 3.86. Bobcat's a, a 4.15. Pointer is a 4.63. Matt Barnes is a 5.06 ERA. Brian Johnson, if he's even on the roster, a 5.25 ERA. Heath Hembry, a 5.68 ERA. Again, this is the month of September only. Brandon Workman, who does have World Series experience, and at the plate, as we uh, famously found out, a 6.48 ERA for Brandon Workman. Joe Kelly, 8.36 ERA. Pretty sure Pomeranz isn't going to be on the roster, but if he does, he has a 12.27 ERA. Now, Brazier, 231 for the month of September. Avoldi, I can't believe it's this low because I, I feel like he gets tattooed every time he goes out there, except for the last couple, but he's he's a 1.35 in five games in September. Yes. I know. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it when I saw it, but he's going to be a starter, though, if it's the Yankees, so. Well, you know, so I guess that's useless as far as the bullpen goes. And then Stephen Wright, a 0.66 ERA in September, 13 innings pitched. So 
Only Kimbrel is below a three eight six outside of Wright and Brazier. Everybody else, you're playing Russian roulette. So Terry, I like what you said there uh, of all these a starter against the Yankees. So can I ask you this question? Say we get the Cleveland Indians in the next round and we beat the New York Yankees. Do you put Avaldi in that uh, throw some gas setup role? when we play the Indians and start somebody like, uh, you know, a, a Brian Johnson or Erod against that heavy lefty lineup? Well, I mean, I would go Erod over Johnson 100 times out of 100 against a team like them. Um, I'd be fine. I mean, you have to play matchups. And like I said, I was surprised – Voldy's ERA was that low, and, and we know he can pitch against the Yankees. So that's probably the only series uh, I would want him to be a starter is against the Yankees. And if Ryan Brazier can't establish himself within a series or so as the setup guy, I'd be perfectly open to, to Voldy being that guy. I mean, I mean, because that's ultimately where I see him. I, I have Joe Kelly on the roster right now just because of uh, kind of the locker room vibe. Uh, if, if something happens, you know, he's the guy to pump everybody up, and he's got the World Series experience, and he throws gas, even though if it's down the pipe, it's going out of the yard. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's hit or miss with Joe Kelly, but you still have him in that spot. Just to just to put him there, and I think Avaldi would really excel in that role to to set up Kimbrel. Um, well, to be so, honest with you, I'd go with Barnes over Kelly if it came down to it in, in the seventh oh. or eighth inning. Matt Barnes, really? Yeah. 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 I just I have no faith in Bar. I really have no faith in either of them. I just I I don't know. I would rather have Joe Kelly for just I think more so for the locker room presence. How would you Barnes. rank Barnes Hembry? And Joe Kelly. Honestly, I'd put Bar. I'd go from first to third. I'd go Barnes, Hembury, Kelly. See, Kelly just can't throw his off-speed stuff for strikes right now, and, and then most of the time his fastball is right down the middle with no movement. So he just he just didn't rebound the way I, I would have liked to have seen, and. An 8.36 ERA. I mean, he is who he is right now yeah. as far as the last four weeks go. Yeah, he's had a rough patch. Josh, you mentioned locker room presence and World Series yes. experience in terms of Joe Kelly being a presence. Are we disregarding the uh, the profound impact of Laser Show, Dustin Pedroia? Oh, here we go. <laughs> we do have to mention that once you, once you added him to your roster, Gilly, you won the championship nope. in fantasy. <laughs> There's no denying that. God, laser Show. Um, laser it's show. time for Laser Show to um, dull down and, and die. Just you think right. you should retire, like David yes. Wright. That's what you think. Yes, All right. really before, think we, before we get into this, which one of you guys is on my side? <laughs> Me. <laughs> Josh is, uh, I am me. Okay, so, all right. Okay, wow. <laughs> this is why you're here. You think okay. Dustin Pedroia should retire David Wright style? Do you, you realize David well, has not played over 100 well, games since 2014? Full disclosure, that, that was just a snide remark. But do oh. I hate Dustin Pedroia? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? I'll disregard any tweets I see of you. No, no, no. Because he threw out that, that – uh, 
Manny Machado thing, Matt Barnes thing today. That, that grinded my gears yeah, for a while absolutely. back then. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just. I. <laughs> 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 Tell I was I was causing trouble with all that. That's all that was. But I, it's real though. I I hate Dustin Pedroia, and I mean, if you want me to start from the beginning, there's no denying that the 2011-2012 clubhouse was pretty toxic. And he might not have been the leader in that clubhouse because it was probably Ortiz, but Pedroia was a leader. And then go back to last year's toxic clubhouse. Wait, so you're – wow, you sure you don't think that David Ortiz is a good leader? Oh, I do. I do. But Pedroia was still a part of it. He was still a product of it and, and a leader in there is what I'm saying. And then fast forward to last season, how many catastrophes did we have that that became national stories? And he he was right in the thick of that as well with the Machado thing. We still don't know what his role in the Price thing was, but he didn't come out and condemn David Price. They let that go all the way through the end of the season, and nobody apologized to Dennis Eckersley. Is that what a good leader does? Absolutely I just not. And then with the Machado thing specifically, Manny Machado's a guy who has assaulted people with his fist. He's assaulted people with his bat, his backswing tried to throw his bat at, at a pitcher on the mound, got suspended for it. The guy's a fucking punk, and Pedroia's going to back him over his own guys? Are you serious? I think that Dude, if, it's, if, it if, is if insane Poppy, to think that you would condone hey, it, someone hurling an object at over 90 miles per hour near someone's head and defend the actual pitcher of that. That is nuts. So you were telling me that you are pro Jose Urena throwing at Acuna? Acuna, is that is that okay? Well, I'm not necessarily okay with it at all. Well, but why that, would it be okay? For, that, if it's that, that ball Machado, it doesn't matter what he's done in the past to me. It's just a matter of, I don't know, I guess that's just your moral compass there. If it's like, that, that's dangerous. That's life-threatening. With the Machado. Does that not, that impacted me profoundly in terms of the history of that. And like, that's not cool. With the Machado thing specifically and Matt Barnes, Barnes' fastball rises quite a bit. And dudes still get hit in the head unintentionally. Do you think Mike Fires tried to end Giancarlo Stanton's career when he had to have his jaw wired shut a few years ago? Shit happens. And I don't believe for one second that Barnes was aiming for his head. And it was unfortunate that it went up there because... Because it became the greatest cop-out ever for Dustin Pedroia huggers to say, oh, he did it on purpose. And that's why it was okay for Pedroia to back the biggest fucking punk in Major League Baseball. No, I don't, I don't think it's about Manny Machado per se. It's about the, the safety issue and throwing at someone's head See, when you play at that level. You, then you're, everyone's in danger at any given moment. That's not, that's not how the game should be played. He could have been a lot more careful with it. I, I'm not going to dispute that one bit, but I don't think Matt Barnes tried to throw at another guy's head. I mean, that's purely speculation at this point, though. And I mean, here, that's... of course, we're not going to we're not going to know what was in their minds, and none of them spoke publicly about what their true intentions were. But I'll tell you another thing, and I, I tweeted about this today. If David Ortiz is standing in the same dugout in uniform as Dustin Pedroia. Dustin Pedroia's mouth in that moment stays shut. No okay, way. That doesn't, that doesn't happen on... Yes. Gregory, preach. 
Are you kidding? It happened on David Ortiz's watch. And I went further into that tweet. He, him and A-Rod were, were really good friends. I don't know if they were best friends, but they hung out a lot whenever the teams were in their respective towns. They went out to dinner, and when Ryan Dempster threw at uh, A-Rod when he came back from his suspension, you didn't see David Ortiz back in Alex Rodriguez. He backed his own guy. But... No, he has said what he's wanted to from the get-go. And actually, Alex Cora had a quote, I think, within the past week or two, where talking about the impact that Pedroia has had on the locker room and how he loves having him around. And even said that he's he's grown as a leader and developed, and he's not the loudmouth kid that he used to be. So I don't think that he was uh, this quiet, timid little, uh, I don't know, a second baseman that didn't say, speak his mind. He's always been vocal. It's just in a different way now. I don't know. I He's, de- he's going to be an instructor for this organization for a long time. He's essentially going to be the, the next, probably, Johnny Pesky in that role. And by the way, why didn't he go to Johnny Pesky's funeral? Ooh. <laughs> wow. I'll, I'll Who was there? Who, that there. Who was on the list? Was Mark Bell there? Smoking take. You know who was there? You know who was there? Fucking uh, Vincente Padilla. Yes, Vincente Padilla went. Yes, it's true. Who like didn't even didn't even know that guy. He'd been on the team for like two months. (laughs) He went. It was Padilla and Poppy. That's it for the whole team in 2012. It's true. Somebody else that didn't make sense. We can. You guys can Google it. Dustin Pedroia is a piece of shit. Hold on, hold on. This is the greatest. Wasn't Pedroia's wife nine months pregnant at the time? Well, whatever. You can hate Pedroia. (laughs) (laughs) You can hate Pedroia, the baseball player. That's fine. But, like, I don't don't think think Pedroia's a shitty person, no? I don't think he's a shitty person. Yeah, you know, I, gotta I, admit, think, I don't hate Pedroia as a person. Wow. I think <laughs> I think Araldus Chapman is a shitty person. Roberto Azuna is a shitty person. Johnny Pesky, you guys weren't going to be able to recover from that. That was great. Oh. That was great because it's wrong. <laughs> also, oh, uh, um, I think when Pedroia, the whole Pedroia thing was saying, it's not me; it was them. Them referring to, in my opinion, John Farrell. And the bullpen. <laughs> Pedroia hated John Farrell. He did, and that was so. That I mean, that's where you guys should be connected. Out of that game four. Yeah, that was the last time we ever saw John Farrell getting tossed. But that that's another thing too. Why is Pedroia having a, a meltdown in a moment where everybody's got to be calm and locked in? You know what kind of leadership is that in a in a clinching game? He's trying to fire yeah, everybody I, up. Got to fire them up. <sighs> Show them it ain't over yet. Know. And Dustin Pedroia is a two thirty three hitter in the postseason, so there's that. That that is a oh. that's a valid knock on him. I'm not going to dispute that. He's shown he kind of, but he has had some clutch hits in the postseason as well. In 2007, anyway. I mean, so you, but you just yeah. think he should straight up retire. That is insane. 11 years ago, he was good in the postseason. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. That's wow. Terry. How you... Kinsler. Kinsler's the answer, right? Yeah, we got to ask him the, the question, Steve. Yeah, this is the question. Terry, this is the most right. important question I'm going to ask you over your entire life. And this is what Josh and I ponder every day. Josh and I agree on this. Oh, my God, no. Now, how would you feel? How would this make you feel? Two positions, if, right? If Pedroia 
Yes. Transitioned into a first base slash third base slash possible left fielder. How would you feel about that? It, like, is wait, that wait, about wait, his role? Wait, wait, wait. Well, the, the left fielder, fielder, no. He wants them to move. He, you want this, them to move Mookie to second yeah, base. Yeah, where do you want to move Also, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. the real Disclaimer. purpose. Disclaimer here. I don't agree okay. with you. Okay. 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 Third and first base. Third and first first base. base scoops to McGee, Dustin Pedroia. <laughs> Hell yeah. Absolutely. Terry, <laughs> yeah. you killed your role. Why would you move Mookie from his gold glove position right, hold on. to a, a, out of position? First. Forget the Mookie part first. This is no, the that's part. The no, it's not. No, it's not. This is a, oh, this is a whole different thing. Nope. You know, and that, I never brought that up. This is about Pedroia being third and first. How do you feel about that, Terry? Who plays second? Mookie Betts. Whoever, it doesn't matter. You know it. So just, just leave it in there. Just leave it in there, Steve. I want to know it. Okay, sure. Okay, we can do that, but whatever. Terry, I want to hear that. Third, third and first base, Pedroia. Well, when you said, you know, how do I feel about him transitioning, I thought you were going to say transitioning into a woman or something. <laughs> but he's... No he's judgment. Too, he's too short Thanks. to play first. He's not going to... When, when yeah. Devers skies one over his head, just forget about it. Brock Cole could do it. I, I don't... I mean, maybe third base is a little bit easier on his knee, but there's still a lot of pivoting, a lot of diving. I'm not crazy about that. And... If Dustin Pedroia really is going to serve out the life of this contract, which I believe is three more years after this year, it has to be as a DH. It has to be. At that point, I mean, if you're a diehard Pedroia hugger, you have to put him there to keep him somewhat healthy. And if you believe his leadership is good, then he still has that. I don't believe in any of that. But here's the other thing, too. Next year's 2019. 2016 was the last year he basically played the full season. So he played 100 games in 2017. It's not like he played but he 20 and he, he, he missed a whole year. You're right. So it's a two years removed from a full season. I don't know. That's he wasn't really terrible. healthy though. He wasn't healthy in 20. No, you're right. Which is why uh, 2017. Yeah, I don't know. He played through that in those hundred games. Like he had yeah. that. Dude played through what? But that's not a good thing, Gilly. Not good. But it's still, regardless of the fact, it's not a good thing. He shouldn't be playing through that stuff. He probably would be playing this year. It's a different injury. If he if he had played, no, I understand it's a different injury. But if he had just rested his body, I mean, you got to understand, like the anatomy of the body is crazy. I'm not going to go into that much detail. But like you. If, if he's sitting out 60 games at the end of 20, uh, 2016, that's going to affect him in 2017 because he's not playing every day. Plain and simple. I mean, Wait, so wouldn't him missing the beginning of 2017 affect how he plays at the end of 2017? Well, he probably would have been back if the injury wasn't that bad. If he was playing through it, it couldn't have been that bad. So if he, even if he was back end 2016 – he would have been good to go 2017. So wait, wait, wait. So, let me let me just understand this though. See, so you, you know, I guess you. This is where it, the, the it forks in the road here, where Terry's going to go one way, you're going to go the other. David Price, in terms of his tingly fingers, Josh, oh, you're okay with him taking the time off to not play through that. But Terry, you are okay with him taking that time off, or no? It's the opposite. You're not. You're not okay um, with David Price taking time off, but you would want Pedroia to, missed, to sit out. He missed he's one hurt. start, right? One start. Um, I'm mm-hmm. all confused with the question. Um, no, sorry, sorry, I, I thought David Price. That. Yeah, sorry. Well, I thought Price was lying through his teeth throughout all that. You thought he just got rocked and didn't want to 
pitcher anymore? Well, I also believe that, too. Uh, I, I think where that's coming from. I think David Price is a guy who likes to live his life on his own terms. He doesn't like being told what to do. And he kept coming up with a lot of excuses. His his numbness in his hand was one. He was complaining about allergies that week. And I, I guess finally the, the hand numbness was the other thing. They sent him, that was on a, a he misses his Wednesday start, goes to Boston, gets evaluated. And the Red Sox not only made those um, doctors or whatever, look at his hand, but they had his elbow and his shoulder examined because they said, look, we're, we're covering everything right now. You're not coming back here with any more excuses. His elbow and shoulder were described to be pristine, which is crazy because he could Thoracic outlet, though. He couldn't, he couldn't start last year. No, he didn't have thoracic outlet. He had a unique elbow. No, I'm just saying that was that was the fear because of the tingling fingers because it's a circulation disorder. I mean, that's that was. I'm just saying that's what the fear was. Well, he, everything everything was pristine. Everything was pristine, and I think he could have started last October, but he wasn't going to give John Farrell the satisfaction, and so he had to be a super reliever, and and he got his way, and he was trying to get his way this year with Alex Cora, and I think he and Dombrowski just got sick of it and said, look. We're putting you through everything, and if everything comes back clean, your ass is on the mound on Saturday because fuck you. And that's what happened. <laughs> this is mighty speculation. And then he had a hell guy. of a second half, and he's going to continue did. it right Absolutely. into the postseason. Yeah. You'll see. You'll see, Terry. If if David Price if if David Price wins a postseason game, the tooth fairy is real. You know, because that's I just have no no. That's that's the biggest fairy tale ever. I just I can't see him doing it. He's a raging head case. He's thirty four years old. Never won a postseason game. He's been everything as advertised. He doesn't take accountability. Uh, I can't stand the guy. I want him to opt out. It's not going to happen, but. Yeah, no, I've also heard you describe Kimbrel as a head case too. You you want Kimbrel oh. gone? Is that correct? He he was at one point he was eighteen out of twenty three times giving up runs when it wasn't a save situation or or if it was extra outs I forget the exact scenario but he who is, I mean who we, would you rather have if you if we're not resigning Kimbrel what's our plan we just run with Brazier Kelly actually Kelly's uh, free agent too right yeah he is he is mm-hmm. um, Durbin Durbin coming up is he closing next yeah. year. Well, between Feltman and Lakens, I'm cautiously optimistic one of them will emerge as a late-inning guy. Whether it's a closer or not, that's debatable. But um, they're going to have to pick up someone, and I don't think it's going to be Kimbrell because they have other priorities they're going to have to pursue. Like what? The bullpen's the number one priority, is it not? Uh, it's re-signing JD. They're going to do it. They're, they're going to restructure got, that deal a hundred percent. Yeah, I they they there. might, but I mean, <laughs> Xander's coming up, Sales coming up. That's another can of worms. I don't know if I even want to go there with Chris Sale if he can't if he's going to be Clay Buckholtz every year in terms of durability. His stuff's better than Buckholtz. I'm not saying he's a you know he's a bad pitcher, but he's not durable. And if he can't stay durable in his in his twenties, why why is he going to be durable magically at 33, 34 years old? 
So, but that's where I stand. That might not be where the front office stands. Maybe signing him is a huge priority. So, I don't think they. I can't see any scenario they're going to give Kimbrell a Chapman contract, and I, somebody will. I think he's going to Atlanta. That's where I think he ends up. But maybe Thornburg reemerges. Maybe Carson Smith comes back and. Dude, as a believer in those guys, they are, not, they, they are not a sure thing. I don't think we can hope or think that they're going to do anything other than one of them maybe being an okay seventh-inning guy at this point, right? Well, we'll If you're talking about injury concerns, it's Chris Sale, and you, you're, then all of a sudden you're backing Carson Smith and Thornburg. I, I'm just saying they're, they're, they're on the books for next year, <laughs> so they're, they're going to be here. They'll, they'll pick someone up. It's just not going to be the sexy name everybody wants. And it's not going to be Kimbrel. It's not. No, I don't. I don't. I, I just don't get it. Then I don't know. So it'll just be a an embarrassment of riches of signing like a guy like Familia and Herrera. I, I would like Andrew Miller to be honest, but I would want Kimbrel back. And Andrew Miller, well, that would know, be ideal. Miller for me. would be gr- great if he's healthy, but I just uh, if it was a one or two year deal, I guess I would take a chance. You know, on a, on a Miller type guy or a Familia type guy. Yeah. Um, Cody Allen. I don't know. I don't. I don't trust Britain or David Robertson. Yeah, it's 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 a mess. I don't. I don't like it. I don't. I don't know. I got to get going, guys. I got another obligation. Um, but it was really cool hanging out with you. And uh, thank you, you so much for coming back on. on. We'll... Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for joining. Yeah, no, seriously. Be, Thank you. Uh, be be sure yeah. to hit him with a follow on Twitter. It's at Cushman MLB, right? Yeah, and whatever you guys want retweeted, just send it my way, and I'll uh, I'll be sure to do it. <laughs> All, right. All right, thanks, Terry. thanks a lot, Terry. Thank thanks, man. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. Have a good night. Thanks, you, you too. I hope you guys all enjoyed that interview with Terry. Like we said, it was it was a good good back and forth. We had a good time, and um, be sure to send him a follow over at Cushman MLB. Uh, go go check out his podcast, Benny and the Bets podcast. Um, now we're going to get into our top five of the week. We're sticking with the Red Sox theme. We're doing our top five uh, favorite Red Sox players that we've watched. Yeah, no Jerry Rice, no Yastrzemski shit. Yeah, Jerry Rice, that's the guy. Yeah. I saw him. <laughs> saw him on Nesson once, yeah. Yeah, Jerry Rice, that's the guy. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> yeah, dude, Jerry Rice was so good on the Red Sox. He was. Yeah. He was, yeah. Yeah, Jerry Rice, that guy. Jerry Rice Jerry for Rice sure. The yeah. one. Jerry Rice, all right. Remember? Say what? Big take. Jerry Big Rice, best, best Red Sox power hitter of all time. Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice. <laughs> we currently can't see Steve on the screen right now. He's got Michael Thomas on his mind. That's oh, the oh, all right, Steve, you want to want to start us off? <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. Oh, yo, there's a bug on me. Hold on. All right, anyway, all right. So, all right. So, I, I have a couple honorable mentions. Okay. 
you know, shout out to Terry Cushman here because number seven is a current Red Sox. It's Joe Kelly. <laughs> okay. Joe Kelly is one of my favorite Red Sox ever. After one time, Gilly and I were at a Paw Sox game, and I said, yo, what up, Joe? And he gave me a look like, what's up? And he goes, what's up, dude? <laughs> and I was like, whoa. <laughs> that guy, he's the man. He was very intimidating. He, had, he wanted no piece of me. I look like a total dweeb, 22-year-old punk. But you know what? I understand why Joe gave me that look now, and he's one of my favorite players ever. I have his actual jersey. All right, number six. Because I did, I did seven. So yeah, six. William Opeña, the greatest power hitter <laughs> in the history of the world. No one ever had any more power. He's still than him. I don't playing care. in like Korea or something somewhere, isn't he? Still playing overseas? Yeah, he's pushing fifty. He's hitting bombs. He's fit. what? Not as. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, but he's he's getting older. He's still hitting homers. All right, give us top five. Let's go. Top five. Here we go. Number five, Gabe Kapler. All right, I like it. Gabe Kapler is one of my favorite oh. Red Sox ever. I had a shirt in sixth grade, and everybody complimented to me when I was at Cherahoe Middle School before I went to Catholic school. I really hope. Uh, hold on. I really hope Ben Campbell hears that because he's a huge Gabe Kapler guy. Shout out Ben Campbell. I'm a big Ben Campbell guy. Number four, <laughs> Johnny Gomes. Johnny Gomes. Ne- Johnny Gomes. Never forget that home run in the, Wait, in the field? 2013. Or in the booth. Oh, not in the booth. Never in the booth. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's like a polar opposite of, like, what you want. They thought Johnny Gomes was going to be a great personality in the booth, too. It just didn't work out. I know. It's really unfortunate. I know. You think? It'd be cool. Johnny Gomes, though, badass. The guy gave me goosebumps. I love that guy. All right, number three. Now it's the obvious one. Number three is Big Poppy. I'm not going to say he's number one because it's, it's just too fucking generic. So number three is Poppy, of course. Number two, Pedro, because well, Pedro's the man. And then number one, forever, I don't care what anyone says for the rest of my life, number one will always be Manny Ramirez, my favorite player to ever live. And that's it. Respect it. All right. Yeah, I so feel like all of our top threes will be pretty similar. I'll go next, I guess. Um, honorable mention-wise, big Mike Lowell fan. Um Big Billy Miller fan, so I'm going to shout those two out there. I love those guys. Um, you don't win 20, uh, 2007 without Mike Lowell, in my opinion. No doubt. Uh, or without, obviously, that trade with Beckett. Um, <laughs> and you don't win 04 without Billy Miller. True. Uh, so, starting off at number five, this is more of a low-key one um, because of what he did in 2013, and I was a fan of him when they signed him all season, that will be Shane Victorino, the flying yeah. Hawaiian. It's like oh, every yeah. time he comes to the bat, dude, play three little birds. Everybody <laughs> just would start saying it, get in great mood, and then he just make the most clutch hit of all time. Not of all time, but you know. <laughs> that one grand slam, though, <laughs> off Scherzer. The grand slam off Scherzer, and then the the triple in the World Series off Waka in like the third inning. That was a basic clearing yep. one too. He was awesome, dude. He brought and he was you know he was the guy that pumped you up. He, all heart. It it really mm-hmm. sucks how his career ended due to injuries, but that's kind of just what happens to to uh to people like to to, yeah, to people. Outfielders. Yeah, just in general. Nasty video game player, by the way. Yeah. In terms of just playing with him in any MLB game, he's just filthy. Yeah, he was. Pure speed. Um, number four here, another guy that's uh more recent, and 
I feel like he's kind of overlooked because he probably had one of the most dominant years of all time, and that is Koji. His 2013 was arguably one of the most spectacular seasons of a closer you'll ever see. Uh, he literally came out of nowhere and just dominated everybody from the start to finish. Koji, you're the man. I don't care if you don't speak English. I love you, Koji. Who do you replace? Papabon? Hope you're listening. You're yeah. confused as hell. Yeah. <laughs> you're the man, Koji. An hour into this podcast, not understanding a word of what we're saying. Uh, this is kind of where I get into the more, yeah, we expected this type of people, but I just have to. Number three, I don't care if he's been on the team for three years. It's Mookie Betts. It, it, okay. It's just Mookie Betts. He does everything. Mm-hmm. He's the fucking man. Number Already two. three years in. But then I get an eye said Joe Kelly, so. Dominant, <laughs> dominant second baseman of the future. Number number two. Um, <laughs> like, just, you have to have Manny Ramirez in there. Um, yes. Yep. You just have to. He was, he's arguably, the Manny and T's duo is nearly untouchable. I say nearly because so. because Mookie and JD have done so good together this year, but they're not back to back, so it's a little different. But Manny, just the things you hear about him, like literally setting up pitchers during an at bat for the next at bat, or even for the same at bat. Yep. It's just unbelievable that he had one of the best hitting minds of all time and one of the most pure swings. When he his home run swing is just iconic. Manny Ramirez, what a legend. And number one, got to go to the most clutch performer, in my opinion, in baseball history, David Ortiz. <laughs> David Ortiz. David Ortiz. Did you know he is 688 in the 2013 World Series? Hello? Jesus. At age, like, what was he? He was like 39 at that point, right? No. No, 20, 2013, he was like 36, I think. 288 in the World Series? Hello? I mean, three, a 688 in the World Series? That's fucking Unheard great. of. Ga- obviously, game two, Grand Slam in the bottom of the eighth to tie it up. Like, come on, Torrey Hunter going to the bullpen, the cop in the back. Dude, 2004, like, I can go on and on about the clutch that Dave Ortiz had. That's why he's number one in my heart, and he always will be, I think. Hell yeah. <clears throat> wow. Wow. Passionate. Yeah. And I agree. Shout out Jared Kropis for getting to hug David Ortiz. I'm very jealous. Imagine that? Oh, it'd be crazy. He never responded to my tweet. I was like, yo, my hand has touched your hand, and your hand has touched Big Papa. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who wants to go next between uh, Steve and – not Steve, whoever's left, Gillian, Josh. It's me and Gilly. Yeah. I don't care. I'll do it. All okay. right. First, one omission from my list that's probably on everyone's, which we just kind of discussed. Manny. I don't have Manny on my list. I yeah, That's a topic for another time. I don't love how he uh, he departed and uh, and how it all ended. So that's a, that's a it deeper conversation. It was a very ugly ending. It was, and I that's, I don't know, especially with the, the PEDs and shit, I don't know, that, that stuff, it ended very sour. I appreciate what he did for us when he was here, but it, it could have gone better. With that being said, honorable mentions, Josh Beckett, loved that dude. Yep, me I, too was obsessed with him when he was on the squad. I even uh, always tried to uh, to get his number in uh, in baseball, which was a not very uh, I always tried desirable to, number there. I tried to pitch like him. 
Yeah, you know what? And that goes into my next one. One guy who I tried to pitch like didn't really go go uh, well for me, obviously, because I I am not in the minors or the majors right now. Matt Clement. I love when we signed Matt Clement. He was a name that I was I was so stoked. I like oh I was all in on him. I like bought packs of baseball cards until I got the Red Sox uh, version of his card. I had his rookie card with the Padres too. That's crazy. There, yeah. I was all in on Matt Clement. Did not work out. Speaking of not working out. Pablo Sandoval deserves a shout. Did not, did not get a That is for sure. You mentioned him to Terry. You leave out Manny, but you put Pablo Sandoval. That's crazy. You know what? He didn't get a fair shake. Manny had all, all the shakes in the world, and and he he fucked us in the end. Anyway, Rocco, Rocco Baldelli. He's he's an honorable mention. I wanted to slide him on my top five. I just couldn't stomach it, um, just because he didn't have enough time. Yeah, Boston. I also think of him more of as a like a Tampa Bay Ray than a Red Sox, even though he did. Exactly. Yeah, I, I yeah, hear you the on fact that. that he's coaching there, like, I yeah. don't know. That, if he coached with us, then I'd be he'd be in my top five. But hey, it is what it is. I, I like that he was on the squad for a little bit. Number five, classic. Um, all you need to know is for uh, my my baseball cards growing up. I, uh, for a number of them, I just had this player listed by just his first name, no last name, as my uh, my favorite player, and that would be Nomar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I that's just I don't know. I had no explanation needed. Obviously, wish it lasted a little bit longer, but at the same time, we got a World Series for it. So, shout out to Alex Gonzalez too. I uh, think still think they win yeah. if they keep Nomar. Big take right there. You think they? You think they shouldn't have traded for Cabrera? I still think they win the all four World Series yeah. with Nomar. I don't think so. It was a cultural shift. That was yeah. like that was huge. That was the reason we made the run, dude. A tough topic for another time. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I, I wouldn't. It went perfectly, Oliver. I don't think you can. That was a perfect <laughs> storm, dude. Doug Mankiewicz caught the final out. Yeah, what happened to the ball? Do don't ask me. Hey, <laughs> all right, get no it. Keep, keep it going. All right, number four. <laughs> another guy clutched imperative to to 04. I wish he spent more time with the team afterwards, but at the same time, it was profound, his impact with us. Pedro, just electric stuff. Um, and he's the largely the main reason why I'm dying for the All-Star game to come back to Boston. Uh, just because watching clips of him in 99 is just insane. And so I'm glad we got to see him for a little bit while we did. Also, number three, Coco Crisp. Dude was electric. Ooh. Another guy who was, oh, he was listed one. on my uh, uh, baseball cards at one point too. Um, after Nomar had uh, had moved on there, it was just I, I'm pretty sure I had Coco Crisp though. I didn't just do Coco, which that would have been a little bold. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. That one's just an electric player, fun to play with in video games. Even more fun to watch. Number two, David Ortiz. I wanted him at number one, but I think there's a more prevalent. Uh, player that that deserves the uh, the credit that he does not compare uh, to uh, to get. Oh yeah, no, Hanley's one and a half years of relevance with us was appreciated. <laughs> Dustin Pedroia, Laser Show, he's my oh. number one. Oh, no explanation yeah. needed. Respect the it. definition of grit, determination, perseverance, fighting through injury, even when it's not in his body's best interest. Anything for the good of the team. What a guy. What a father. Thank God he. I'm sorry, but Johnny, Pes- <laughs> Johnny Pesky's funeral. Uh, I think being with your nine months pregnant wife is an acceptable reason to to skip a funeral of a uh, even even if he's a Red Sox legend. Is that true? Is that true? Yeah. That- Look, fact check it. Do it. Let me Google that for you. Please do. Yeah. No, I, I mean I'm being sarcastic. I'm just 
referencing the app. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, Josh, lead the way. All right, so I'm going to... Uh, well, I had a split at three and four, so I'm just going to kind of do those first as honorable mention because I finally decided on which one I was taking. So Pedro, um, although I loved him so much, is going to make my honorable mention. Um, and so does J.D. Martinez for the not even full year. <laughs> That's big. Because it is unreal what he is doing right now. Um, but... The rest of my honorable mention, I'll rapid fire. Pokey Reese, uh, Shane Victorino, Nomar, Bill Miller, and Jonathan Papelbon. Oh, no! Yes. Jonathan Papelbon, what? because he brought the excitement at the end of games. I like honestly. Papelbon when, a lot, dude. Yeah, he yeah. four guys, and then he fucking... It doesn't matter. Steve, he gave us so much in that span of time, and oh. it's very underappreciated. I'm sorry. He just wanted money. He just wanted to get paid. Uh, he also it. had and, and it's like, the same thing with Kimbrel. Dude, it's the same thing. The walk-up song. Come on. Yeah. So shout out, shout out to Jonathan Papelbon because he's so underappreciated for the time he had with the Red Sox because it was bad blood at the end. It really was. Did he have any good ending like relationship with any team? No. I don't he tried think to so. choke the franchise player of the Nationals. <laughs> the Phillies obviously did not end well. He was definitely a cancer. He got a job. Still, when like he should still be playing in the league right now. In all honesty, but it's yeah. just his own. Yeah. Hey, if Terry Cushman wants to talk about a head case, Jonathan Papelbon is a head case. Yes, absolutely. Not David right. Price, and- but definitely fun to watch for sure. All right, so my number five. Um, I basically base my entire baseball lifestyle slash uniform towards this guy, and that's Trot Nixon. Um, the dirty hat. <laughs> The dirty hat, get slide in, staying dirty, dude. I love that. I love camo that shirt underneath. Trot. Oh yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> kill a deer on the way. Trot was the man in right field. I mean, I just soft spot, soft spot for Trot. So uh, that's number five. Number four, uh, more for the story in the way he he led us for a while is John Lester. Came up with the Ooh, stocks. I like that a lot too. Can't, can't cancer. Survivor, cancer, comeback. Uh, you know, I went to, t- to 2013 World Series game one, and that game was unbelievable that he pitched. So I'll never forget it. I mean, he's just right up there. And that was kind of my struggle picking Pedro. It was either Lester or Pedro. And I just have a more soft spot for Lester. Uh, the story is a lot better. Uh, not that he performed as well, but definitely uh, definitely catches me a little, little more. Um, number three is Mookie. Mookie is the man. Uh, he is this team for the future. What he's doing in the, in the clubhouse and what he's doing on the field when he hits home runs, pumping people up, it's totally changing everything that we think about this team. He is the excitement, and, uh, and it's awesome. World Series um, MVP coming up. Yeah. Uh, and you know what, MLB, MLB MVP probably, even though I think it probably should be JD. I mean, it's just it's just going to happen that way. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Um, number two uh, is Manny. Uh, I copied Manny's swing almost tick for tick, or at least I tried <laughs> at one point, and it was so exciting to watch him hit and. To try to dumbfound a pitcher for the next guy up is the greatest thing that a, that a hitter could do. Like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to look at this fastball down the pipe, and then you're either going to throw one to me on the third pitch or you're going to throw 
you know, I'm going to make you look silly and, and swing and miss. And I don't know, dude, like Manny had a crazy mind. So it was wicked exciting to see him hit um, and set up other people as a hitter. Definitely a different brand of baseball. And number one, you know, it's, it's not even close, man. Like Ortiz, like I don't even have to explain myself. No, nope, you don't. Most clutch hitter in baseball history. We're so go. lucky that we got to see him. We are. Yeah. We are. We are very lucky. With Manny, too, in all honesty. Yeah. I mean, that's, I don't know, arguably one of the, the best tandems of all time. So then... Yep. Um, there it is. Yeah, sticking with the Red Sox theme. We're, we're all Red Sox today. Um, confession segment is a, uh, a Red Sox player that we feel has was overlooked or, you know, kind of underappreciated throughout their tenure here. So I guess we'll just go reverse order. So Josh, you can do your. Oh, service. does it have to be like tenure? Does it have to be like what? <laughs> does it have to? Did he have to be here long? No, that's what tenure means. Oh, I thought His that was here. like a certain amount of time. No, I don't know. No. Okay, my definition of tenure is totally thrown off. But <laughs> anyway, uh, Dave Roberts. Dave Roberts is definitely the guy because we don't have the World Series without him. I mean. I understand that, like, that, like, one video of him stealing the bag is, like, you know, what we see. But it's just that one play literally gave us everything we now have in the future. So he, I think he's totally underappreciated. There should be a statue of that, that slide at Fenway Park. Seriously. That was so, the moment. That was it. That's what drove this entire team to be where they are now. And, and the fan base that we have now. If they don't win that game, we might not have such a, a you know, an uprising of Boston baseball, you know, Section 10 and, like, all this appreciation because they won multiple World Series. We don't have it. I, I don't think we do. So Dave Roberts, underappreciated for sure. Wow. All right, Gilly, what do you got? I have a tie. Neither of them actually played baseball for the Red Sox but they are the most underrated Red Sox of all time. And those two are Grady Little and Aaron Boone. What happened in 03 is what sparked it all to me. And Grady Little's decision, uh, his bullpen decision there, uh, that led to Aaron Boone breaking our hearts at the time, but then the Yankees not actually winning the World Series against Josh Beckett, who, shout out to Josh Beckett again, was sick in the postseason, per usual. Um, but yeah, so those are, in all honesty, that shifted the course of the Red Sox history forever. Um, that set up 4 where we still had a good core um, from that 3 team. Obviously, we retooled. We uh, got rid of Grady Little. And uh, Tito, it was all gravy until the uh, until the pills started coming. But uh, that's uh, another <laughs> topic there. Um, but yeah, so that's where uh, I'll, I'll cheat a little bit there and go with a, kind of a, a weird answer. So now, yeah, go ahead. I just want to say one thing. Grady Little never like managed again or any, did anything again, did he? Or like, what, whatever happened with Grady Little? Like, did he like disappear after that? He's like Dick Cheney of like baseball. Like he just disappeared once he was done. I don't, I don't, I don't think he had a job after that. that. Shout out Dick Cheney, who I never saw after Bush left office. He's still making money. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Dick so Cheney. we know Dick Cheney. You guys might not agree with mine, but I wait, wait, wait. Sorry, Grady Little managed the the Dodgers from 06 to 07. I forgot about that. That's right. That's crazy. Oh my god, with Manny, Manny got there and he was uh, yeah, that trade and Grady Little was the guy. 
Speaking of the Dodgers, one of my, I think, the people, the person, I don't know why, but I feel, shout out to Gilly, I think Josh Beckett is underappreciated. Yes, agreed. I think because of, the, because of the poor ending, people kind of forget just how crucial he was in the 07 season, and especially in the playoffs, Without, actually, shout out to the Cleveland Indians for having his ex-girlfriend sing the national anthem in, in Game Five. Because maybe without <laughs> that, he doesn't have the motivation to go out there and just dominate him. So that was a wild move. Uh, yeah, it was. That was. That and, was. Uh, so yeah, he. he I, I just kind of feel like Josh Beckett gets overlooked and underappreciated. Like, listening to Section Ten the other week when they had Wakefield on, and Wakefield kind of mentioned that. I'm like, you know what, you're. You're totally right. I love Josh Beckett back when he was there, but it kind of ended, you know, a little salty. So I think Josh Beckett was overlooked. Josh Beckett was like a consummate Red Sox too. Like he was kind of an asshole. He had that face on, right? Like you know, he, he never really oh. like fucked with the media or anything. He didn't really give a shit what they had to say. Right. My, my dad couldn't stand Josh Beckett, but I always loved him. What do you got? Shout out to my dad. Oh my my underrated guy or my un- underappreciated guy is Derek Lowe. Who uh, Mr. Cushman uh, talked about earlier, but uh, what he did in the postseason, he stepped up. And you know what? He closed out games. People forget, like, he led the league in saves. I don't know what year it was. And, like, the year after, or the year before or after, he uh, led the league in wins yeah. like, as a starting pitcher. And I think the only person to ever do that other than him was John Smoltz. Yep. Like, he did some cool, some cool stuff. Yeah. And he was a hell of a pitcher. They ended up getting paid by the Dodgers, and he pitched well there, too. Uh, but he was a great player on the Red Sox, and he stepped up when we needed him. He won. He won the clinching game in uh, yep. 2004. Yep, game seven. Sure. Yeah, so, Derek Lowe's dope. I'm I'm a big Derek Lowe guy too. And you know what? I met Derek Lowe at the Red Sox weekend, and he was a nice guy. He's very happy to talk. Unlike Jim Tomei. Yeah, that is unlike different. Robbie Scott. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. Two bad experiences <laughs> <laughs> of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have any uh, big takes before we wrap it up for the next week or so? Uh, Patriots on Thursday. What do we think against the Colts? SmackDown. Yeah, okay. I agree. I have a big take, and this is going to be wild, so hold on to your seats. Okay. The Houston Texans come back and win the division. You think they're? You think that uh, fourth down call ignited – the Absolutely, it could it could have. Bill O'Brien has his job on the line. Who do they have this week? And he's not going to say that. I mean, it's going to be tough with Jacksonville. Don't get me wrong, but that's that's going to be my my big take for. They're for at week. home against the Cowboys this week. That's a big game. Sunday night. Honestly, even though the Cowboys suck and Dak is awful, like, that's, a, that's a big game. That's a national game. Yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? So we'll see. We'll see. That's my big take. Okay, I like it. Any anything else before we call it a day? Oh, I was semi right about the Colorado Rockies. I'm they're pissed still alive. that there was 163. I'm pissed, but uh, you we'll know, find what? out still tomorrow. In the playoffs, we'll find right? out tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. All right, big we'll take see. for me. Uh, it's a repeat of what I said earlier, but I'm gonna say it again. Jared Goff is gonna be the MVP, like it or not. All right, next. What if Baker Mayfield? Uh, my big take Ooh. is that whoever the Red Sox play this weekend, they're not. Red Sox are sweeping the first round. Okay, stand by that. Ooh, that is a big take. 
honestly, because like it depends on who they play. Like we, the we more I think about it, the more sure. confident I get in the starting pitchers. My only concern is that I might be getting too confident. <laughs> what? And the bats go silent. <laughs> okay. I am so confident. My only that, concern is that I'm that, too confident. Yeah. Over, that it's is over, my concern. It's overconfidence. If, that's a big if take. the bats go silent, that's our problem. Oh, right there. totally. You're right. We can beat anyone in a shootout. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. I think that'll do it then. Be sure to follow right, the Twitter at Small State Takes. And uh, tweet at us. Yeah. Send, Talk some send us a tweet. Send us your big takes. We do big takes every Saturday and Sunday. Let us know what you got. Uh, thanks again sure. to Terry Cushman for coming on. Um, be sure to follow him and keep keep up with him and his Red Sox takes and talk shit to him because he loves to talk shit back. All right, see you guys. Well, I grew up on that cash money. Bling bling was well known to flash money. Hit the liquor store after my Vic authority. Quick to switch your bitch up, pick up me a thicker shorty. Pistol on me, nigga, ain't no picking on me. We veterans, so it's better if you go get your army. Thug holiday is where your body late. Me and Trick Daddy come from a common place. So us getting money, that's just a conversation. It's so hard staying rich and miss the confrontations. Cigars in the Oval Office, Ronald Reagan. Hug Barack Obama, whisper assalamu alaikum. Live for the moment, die for the streets. Bible on the dash, kilos on the seat. I used to see you niggas on my TV screen. And wonder what was life like, was it all a dream? And then I met you out on Live Nation dates Came to the realization that your watch was fake Damn, you nearly broke my heart I really thought you niggas really owned them cars I used to look up to you, nigga Hard to point a finger when you live a life of sin I'ma bring my niggas with me if I lose a win Bought a fleet of cars, let the bitches tag along This little thing of ours, not the ones that tattle along Omer to the cold, met ball parties with Vogue Still blowing thick smoke while you powder your nose Such a head rush until the day the feds rush That's when you niggas wish you put your bread up Lease whips, bad blood, that shit'll sink ships Fast money coming slow, you better think quick Rap game, so much fuck shit done That's why this 45 in my truck fit trunks Fuck a skateboard, I went and got a wraith, boy Catholic record labels, niggas getting raped, boy Birdman's a priest, moans in his synagogue Publishing is a sin, repent, forgive me, Lord Shots fired, home invasion out on Palm Al Red bean detonators, who the bomb now? Look you in your eyes, nigga, before I say goodnight And pray that Manny Fresher get to see the light Damn, stun, I love you, nigga Hate it came to this Maybach music uh. You stole them boys' pub and bought a foreclosure Scott starts demons in it, which is more poison I handed over records, never charged a coin But cause since the sentiment, I'm talking all along All Miami issues, Rose handle form Same way Big Ducky do for me in California Never slipping, got relationships with the trillest niggas Tony Draper, Jay Prince, and every Jimmy Henchman Plenty killers, and I know that Diddy with it Tiger Chinchilla, really ain't no penny pinching 
Knew that you would never visit BG Turk came home, take that boy a three-piece Shooting dope, using coke, moving like you the folks Sacrificing half our life for your new music coat You would give us self-esteem and motivate our drive But was in our pocket by the time we count to five I pray you find the kindness in your heart for Wayne His entire life he gave you what there was to gain I watched this whole debacle so I'm part to blame Last request, can all producers please get paid? Can't believe this shit, homie. Still love you, nigga. How the fuck, nigga? You touch half a billion, nigga. And your team starving, nigga. You on the island, nigga. You came to my city, nigga. I let you in my city, nigga. And what hurt me the most, nigga, is how you did my brother Khaled, nigga. Khaled was loyal to you, nigga. The pain I seen in my brother's eyes, nigga. FaceTime and my nigga, nigga, he took that to the chin, nigga That's why my nigga blessed That's why my nigga Khaled blessed You put my nigga in the hole, homie I don't feel you for that, my nigga That shit hurt me, underdig mm. It's painful what you see real niggas do when they get the paper, when they get the bag You can't never forget by Lil' Brun them I'll never forget by Lil' Brun them Lil' Brunnem, always remember, Lil' Brunnem, this for Lil' Brunnem, Stunner.